Welcome to another podcast from the Leadership Department. I'm your host, Paul Jostino, and with me today is Course Director for the Leader Development Course, Dan Connolly. Hello again, everybody. And today we're going to be talking about our first pair of lectures and talking a little bit about trying to model some active listening and what we're supposed to be using lectures for. So we had two lectures, uh, and we're going to start with Dr. Davis's lecture first. Uh, so Dan, let me pose a question to you. What do you think the main idea of Dr. Davis's lecture was? Yeah, Paul, thanks for the, uh, the softball on that. I think that um, I want to point to three themes that to me really capture Dr. Davis's message because I, I really think the talk was about how we should use the military uh, today. And so I think his tale was a cautionary tale. I think he argued for a, a kind of reserve. And it should be guided by how we use the military. It should be guided by uh, being faithful to reality, really seeing reality as it is. And then the implication for leaders today is that to do that right, they have to be open to correction. So I see that as the as the three uh, avenues that really, to me, were you know uh, made the the lecture productive. Reserve, seeing reality as it is, and leaders being open to correction. For that message, uh, I, it led me to reflect on the writing of Antulio Echevarria, highly respected scholar out at the Army War College. So he has a reading that the students, uh, you students, will come across in International Security too. At the end of this piece, in the course, Echevarria makes the point that the United States military has issues with how to turn combat successes into favorable strategic outcomes. And I think that's a crucial point. I'm looking forward to everyone getting to examine that uh, in the spring. In the meantime, you know, what Dr. Davis's lecture suggested to me that maybe it's this issue about seeing reality that could explain some of that, why it is that we often struggle to take combat successes and turn them into favorable strategic outcomes. Well, he talked about a, assessing reality through our, our reason, yeah. using reason to assess reality, and from our assessment of reality, understanding purpose. That's good. I, I think the example that he brought up of General Custer is a great way to just, it's a nice historical snapshot you remember that Custer was brought to task on two issues. For one, he had a weak character, a self-oriented character, and that that led to his avoidance of reality. And so what we see there is a classic example of where there's also a loss of purpose. And I think that that's really the thing that ties Dr. Davis's presentation together. So in other words, if we don't see reality as it is, then we're going to drift from our actual purpose. Yes, that's right. That idea of drift is important. He talked about Aristotle's poetics, where he yeah. gives a definition of tragedy. Uh, someone may assess reality and establish a purpose and then develop a path that they're going to follow to try to accomplish that purpose. But then as their reality changes and we're, you know, part of this idea is how do you, what, what standard do you follow in ambiguity? Because the military profession is about reckoning with ambiguity and change and conflict. So how do you find that standard and how do you hold to it? Yeah. And so the story of tragedy is about someone who maybe even holds to their original standard in a changing reality. 
in one way or another, their inability to adjust or, or their inability to hold to the standard, depending on the situation, becomes the tragedy. And so he suggested that was the story of Custer as well. Yeah, he did. And I think that the, so that really illuminates the point that Echevarria is making here, I think, because the unwillingness to face reality renders you incapable of adjusting. And that means adjusting your plan, uh, adjusting your decisions. And so that notion of drift becomes more painful and more clear, hopefully, with the passage of time once you kind of lose your moorings. So here's, here's a question. So when we're listening, he talks about assessing reality and the assessment of reality through reason being related to establishing purpose and that we have to be open to correction. He also talked about the idea that the purpose of the military is to establish peace and stability and, at least to some degree, the common good, not only for the United States but around the world. How does that relate to the idea of assessing and being open to correction? Yeah, right. So Dr. Davis made a point of using that phrase, peace and stability. And so what he's really doing is he's, he's drawing out our understanding of the purpose of the military itself. In other words, what is the military for? Uh, we know from the Cook reading that he grounds that purpose in the people the peace and stability of the people, in a sense, becomes that common good. And it has to be protected and nurtured. It can't be fixed and controlled. There's a condition of freedom here that really is the, the heart of ongoing, let's say, peace and stability. I think the interesting implication for our leadership course and then into the uh, subsequent courses is that this peace and stability is something that we can seek to extend internationally. And so consequently... By looking to serve that goal, an Augustine, for example, would have called it the last end, right? So that you sometimes have to fight to achieve that peace and stability, but you should never forget that that is the end of military conflict and that by causing peace and stability to grow in other countries, you're actually also protecting your own. And that generated for me a lot of questions that maybe people covered in seminar or they may end up journaling about and, you know, what happens if the paths we pick to accomplish that purpose, what if they have consequences we didn't foresee? Yeah, stellar point. Uh, let me then return as we, as we close out and maybe move to the next lecture. Again, Dr. Davis's three main themes. Using the military requires reserve. It requires a recognition and a faithfulness to reality. And finally, for leaders, an openness to correction. All right, well, let's move on to our uh, second lecture, which was uh, actually a combo from Senior Master Sergeant Gutierrez and Retired General Armfield. Uh, let's talk about the Senior Master Sergeant's piece first. What would you say his main point was? Yeah, I, the word that just kept screaming loudly to me was trust. And I'm afraid that that's one of those words that is repeated so often, it's often not examined deeply enough. But I know I felt chastened, given my military time, by hearing from a senior enlisted member uh, who's been through a lot, a lot more than I have been uh, during my military career. Consequently, uh, that led me to hopefully an honest self-awareness uh, on this one very key point. When senior was asking for trust, what he was actually asking for was not just trust that leaders that he follows will be effective, but that leaders he's following will be ethical. 
and that they're capable of sound ethical reasoning. And in turn, they create what we might think of as a protected ethical space for their subordinates to operate in confidence. And that Sergeant Gutierrez was willing to risk literally everything because leaders had his back and his subordinates' backs morally and not just practically. Yeah, uh, he spoke about setting, setting boundaries and then recognizing competence. Uh, so the message he gave was a lot about competence, you know, the competence of the leader, but also recognizing his own competence, that he was ready to do a job. And the, the boundary set created this ethical midfield. Within this space, you figure out how to warfight and get the mission done. He also talked about the, um, the importance of recognize, in establishing trust, of knowing that his leader was standing on, a, on solid ground. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that that perfectly illustrates uh, the heart of what we call commander's intent. And mission command is that essentially the leader, the commander, cannot and should not control everybody and everything. That, that first of all, that's actually impossible. And second, that tendency to micromanage, which we constantly need to resist uh, because it's so alluring, that, that lure of control, we're actually uh, hurting our own our own forces when we try to achieve that. And then finally, General Armfield spoke through a list of big ideas for leaders. How would you boil that down to maybe one or two ideas? The first idea that I really heard that spoke loudly to me was that of humility. And it's interesting that through time, thinkers have regarded humility as kind of a gateway virtue Uh, since I know we're anticipating lessons two and three of the course. In other words, without humility, you can't practice any of the others. Well, that ties back to openness to correction, right? Yeah, it absolutely does. And hopefully as leaders, we recognize after several years at the task, uh, professionally, we still have a lot to learn. And so uh, I know the general has always been an inspiration to me in this regard. I think that, uh, you know, so the second theme that came through in his list and something that he did mention explicitly as well is that idea of a moral compass. Yeah. And, and, you know, how that ties to humility is that what the general really expressed to me, and he's lived it, is that that moral compass, you need to take an active role accepting it and internalizing it, but the source of it comes from outside yourself. It's not just about your own will and desire, and that moral compass is external to you. Well, and, and while it is external, it's oriented towards something outside yourself, the moral compass spoke you can have a moral compass, but if you lack moral courage, yeah. it's not gonna count for a lot. No, it won't. You and have so, to act. Yeah, that yeah. strength to practice alignment mm-hmm. in in the frictions That's of right. leading was kind of seemed like one of the main points he was making. Yeah, and, and really to preview so some some good topics that are coming up is you might conceive of that as you'll see in the literature for all the students is working with courage and temperance so that you find that balance. That's really what the main teaching point is that we'll encounter uh, as we hit lesson three, I think, in particular. Yeah, and, and really between both of these lectures, what we see is the key to leading virtuously, leading with a moral compass, and leading effectively isn't necessarily having a bullet list of, of things that are always the same forever, but a foundation somewhere down deep that allows you to navigate a changing situation and adapt your circumstances without losing what holds you back in, in some sort of anchor. Yeah, and, and frankly, you've said it more eloquently than I could. 
that phases one through three you've just articulated. That by the time we get to phase three and we look at creativity and being resourceful as a leader, it's because you're doing that from a stronger foundation than yourself. You recognize with humility that you're depending on others and that you need to share trust, uh, give it and also be willing to receive it uh, and take it, I think, with a degree of sacredness. Uh, and that might be the heart of leadership that we're hoping to get at in the course anyway. And let's make that our ending point for this podcast. Thank sure. you all for tuning in. Until next time, this has been the Leadership Department. Mm-hmm.